You're tuned into the Mid-10 Listens Podcast, hosted by MiddleTennesseeMusic.com. Supporting and empowering the independent music community online since 2011. Head on over to our website to find more music, as well as to learn about our Indie Musicpreneurs Tribe, where we share our library of tips and guides on business, entrepreneurship, productivity, social media, digital marketing, email marketing, websites, and much more. You can also check out our book, Getting Your Music Heard Online, now on Amazon as a paperback and Kindle. MiddleTennesseeMusic.com, you're tuned in to another Mid-10 Listens podcast. It's your host, Joshua Smotherman, and I'm here today with Nashville's Blind Tigers, and uh, I'm going to flip it on them real quick, and you guys can listen. They're in there, uh, they're getting prepped and warmed up for this interview, and it sounds like they're having a really good time. Hey there, Mid-10 Listens podcast, you're here with Blind Tigers, Nashville's new grit. I'm sorry, guys, I couldn't resist. This is Rory, and I'm here with, uh, ah, fuck, let's do this again. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, one job, damn it. Uh, one job. Hey guys, uh, this is Rory, and uh, and uh, we also got Mike and Jansen in here. We're, we're with Blind Tiger. Say hi, guys. I'll, I'll, hi guys. I'll be there in a minute. Yeah, okay. My, Mike's gonna get here in a second. Uh, thanks to thanks to MiddleTennesseeMusic.com and Mid Ten Listens Podcast for having us. Uh, we're at, we're very excited to answer these questions here uh, and get a little interview going and tell the world about Nashville's new grit, Blind Tigers. We're really excited about it. Hey, we're really excited to have you guys with us. So let's just jump into this thing. And um, so, where are you from? Or I think we've already covered that. So, what style of music do you guys create? And you can put that in your own words. We don't need traditional genre classifications for this. I think it's safe to say if we're known as Nashville's New Grit, we're definitely from right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, we, all three of us actually are graduates from Middle Tennessee State University, so we love Murfreesboro and the Middle Tennessee area, but we all call Nashville home now, and we wouldn't have it any other way, really. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, that's absolutely. We, yeah, we love Nashville. Nash, you know, I'm, ac- I'm actually from Cleveland, Tennessee. Let me move closer so maybe you can hear me a little better. I have hey. a low voice. Uh, I am from Cleveland, Tennessee, not Ohio, Cleveland, Tennessee, which is right outside Chattanooga and is the uh, uh, Church of God slash Mexican restaurant capital of the world. So, um, you know, if, if you like speaking in tongues and and, 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 and salsa, and praying over a, you know, chi- like a, a chicken chimichanga or something, then you are certainly in the right place. I'm, I'm going to tilt this thing over to our uh, South African drummer. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm I'm American actually. I know. My uh, father's from South Africa. I know. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I guess I'm introducing myself. So I'm Jansen, and I'm from I'm from Murfreesboro, where we're uh, we're well known for our religious toleration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, with with mosques. Hey, how did that mosque yeah. turn out? Did we ever get like yeah. an epilogue on that? Or? It's it's still ongoing. Story is still in development. Jeez, oh, of course it is. <laughs> All right, now what style of music do we create, guys? This is our favorite question that we always get asked from everybody ever. The good style. The good style of music. <laughs> um, well, I figured like the best way to talk about that is to just uh, uh, remember, guys, project, use your YouTube voices. Hmm. Is I think the best way to talk about our music style is really just to talk about our influences and who hmm. who really drives us to to keep making music from a from a creative standpoint. Um, because for me, I always view music and all art as like a conversation. And so I like to just imagine that the music I make is uh, in response to or in conversation with uh, some other artists that I love. Uh, for me, it, uh, personally, it's guys like Ryan Adams or uh, bands like Wilco. Um, more recently, got, uh, bands such as uh, you know uh, Jason Isbell and um, My Morning Jacket. So a little bit runs the gamut, but... Um, ultimately, I think we can all agree that uh, lyrics really matter to us, um, but we have a, we, we definitely have electric guitars in the band. <laughs> I think it's a good way to phrase it. I love the thing about lyrics really mattering, too, because lyrics are probably the, the, the focal point, or at least I sure as hell hope they are, of, uh, of, of my songs. And um, uh, when, I, when, I, when I think about my favorite songwriters, they're all very lyrical uh, very lyrical songwriters, yeah. like uh, people like uh, like Leonard Cohen, for example. You wouldn't necessarily hear Leonard Cohen in our music per se, but every every Leonard Cohen song, certainly everyone I've ever listened to, is is has beautifully crafted lyrics that are the centerpiece of the song. Um, 
Yeah, because we all suck at our instruments, so we really have to make sure that the, the we got to we got to make sure that the that the uh, the lyrics sound good at That's least. That's why we don't yeah. play cover songs. Because <laughs> we suck at. Because we because like do the solo. We can't. Like we, you know. Well, we can't. No, I I'm not going to play Freebird for you, drunk man. And, and tootsies, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on my wayward son. Uh, no, uh, and there, so, and besides, there's plenty of Nashville bar cover bands already. We don't we don't need you know we don't need to be more. I so. do believe that market is saturated. Yeah, for sure, for uh, sure. I I like, but no, I'm I like Steve Earle and the Replacements and um, you know uh, the and the National and and uh, just a slew of other bands. You know the White Stripes and whatnot. Just uh, anything that is uh, lyrical but loud. There you go. Lyrical, 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 but, loud. lyrical but loud. See, Damn this it. is why we do this. Because then just had a we just here. filtered it all down, and it's right there. <laughs> all right, Jansen. Anything there to add is. to that, Jansen? He's a drummer. He don't care. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I suppose I'm kind of the odd one out since I, I'm not too familiar with all the Americana that my my fellow band members do. <laughs> in. But I also don't write songs, and I play drums, so I have no creative input. <laughs> that's, why, that's why they love me. Because <laughs> he knows that he could be replaced with a machine at any time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're obviously very happy to have Jansen here, and I know that like you're probably the or def I'd say definitely the most well versed in hip hop of any of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I mean, now I mean that said, you know, I Mike and I both have our fair share of taste, but mm. I feel like you could probably talk us under the table about it. So mm. um, at least that's what I gather from you, and and like. We all have our weird things too, which I really like. We all have something just the the weird side that that really uh, that I, I find that's those are my most fun uh, yeah. uh, musical influences really because you say you say you, you know you say some, a band like Eels or um, I don't know what you you got you got one right what's your weird one that you just mm. like you throw it out and people are like who. Mm, Momus. Momus. Yeah. See, there you go. I don't know them. I'm gonna have to look them up on uh, on Spotify. See and see, I had this whole phase in college when I was about a sophomore in college where I was really into trip hop and down tempo yeah. electronica. Yep. So like FC Kahuna and DJ Shadow and Massive Attack and stuff like that. I say phase, like I grew out of it. I certainly didn't grow out of it. Uh, I still it's, listen to that. Yeah, it's just another pocket. It would be disingenuous of me to say that uh, that Portishead is a real big influence on our music. Uh, although the Live at the Roseland Ballroom record is still one of my favorite live albums. If you don't know, you should really check it out. Hey! So... All right. We're a band endorsing another band. And a band uh, that's way more successful well, than we are. Well, we're supposed to talk about ourselves. Yeah. What led you guys down this path of music, and what motivates you to keep on going? Homeschooling. No. <laughs> 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 okay. What led me down this path of music? Um, well, I mean, start with, like, yeah, well, it said to lay you down, but, like, what, what really made you say... I, I'm going to phrase this differently, sorry. Uh, what, Like, what made you say... <laughs> I want to play music as a career. Like, not just I want to play music on the side, not just I want to grab a guitar and learn some chords just, you know, for the sake of learning chords. Mm-hmm. But what made you say, like, yeah, I envision myself on stage in front of thousands of people night after night, and that's how I make my living. Like, So, so you know what, like, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss all indie credibility to the wind for a minute and say that my... <laughs> my uh, uh, my earliest guitar influences, if I'm if if I'm being if I'm being totally honest about it, were songs that I heard on VH1 and MTV and local FM rock radio. This is Cleveland, Tennessee. Yeah, Chattanooga Market. Shall we? You know, l- lest we forget. And this was when I was about 13 or so. So uh, this would have been um, Lincoln Park. It would have been Stained. It, uh, it would have been, you know, uh, probably. Nickelback in there somewhere, <laughs> but I mean, when I was 13 years old. I mean, that's that's what made me want to play. Now that's what made me want to play guitar. Yeah. Um, now when I was 15, for Christmas, my my mom got me a Johnny Cash compilation record, and so for the first time, I heard songs that were simple chords that I could play because I was still a rudimentary guitar player. And I had a I had a low voice, I had a lower si- singing uh, register than most of my peers at the time. So these were songs I could play, mm-hmm. and these were these were songs I could sing, and these were songs that had really interesting, heartfelt 
lyrics, sometimes dark lyrics, sometimes, yeah. you know, uh, rejoicing lyrics, but, but real actual lyrics and actual songs. And, um, so if anything, that, that made me want to write songs like for real, made yeah. me want to pick up an acoustic guitar and write songs for real. It's amazing that that's your story because I swear mine is like, it's, it's like, it's different, but it's also parallel. Cause I remember, and if anyone knows me, they know that I'm really good at a lot of instruments, not to brag, but I am terrible at drums. That's one thing that I cannot do. Um, I play bass in this band. I've, I've played keyboard, harmonica, guitar, all in this band as well at different times, but I cannot do drums. It just it just won't happen, and I've just uh, I've accepted that. But one of my earliest memories of music, of actually like performing myself or wanting to perform myself, was hanging out in um, our spare room at my old house um, when I was about eight or nine, and I had made a drum set out of like cardboard boxes and like uh, broomsticks with with like you know cups and bowls uh, like dangled off the side to be my cymbals and stuff. And I would play drums to old Queen records that my dad had. Oh, yeah. Like we, t- I tore up News of the World and Night at the Opera yes. and just tore through. And I would be Roger Taylor back there, man, holding it all down. For yeah. whatever reason, that's just what called me first. So, mm-hmm. like, it's funny that, that you mentioned, you know, like, just wanting to play, how you want to play an instrument first. Like, that's mm-hmm. how I wanted to play an instrument first. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents were uh, gracious enough to get me a drum set and then... Uh, even even more so gracious to to steer me away from it a year later after they determined that now nah, he probably needs a guitar instead. Mm. But on top of what you said about um, you know you got a Johnny Cash record mm. and realized that that's that's how you could sing and that's how you could how you would want to write. Um, for like I think it was my freshman year of high school, right around the same time, my dad got me a Greatest Hits, which now I hate Greatest Hits records, but at the time it was totally understandable. He got me a Greatest Hits record of Bob Dylan. And, you know, the and honestly, like I'm, I know that I've heard songs before from Dylan. I am, I'm, I'm aware that that was the case. But the first time that I ever really sat down and listened to Bob Dylan, the first two songs I heard, it was this Greatest Hits record was chronological. It's the essential one. So, like, the essential Bob Dylan or whatever. Those are chronological in, as far as the songs go. So the first two songs that I listened to were Blowing in the Wind and Don't Think Twice It's All Right. And, mm-hmm. and then my whole, like, view of music changed from that point on. Just, just with those two songs alone, let alone everything else that Bob freaking Dylan has done. Yeah. Um, but when I heard those two songs, I thought, wow, this is... I care more about the words in this <laughs> song than I do the music, which is, you know, kind of mind-blowing when you're a teenager. Um, but then also, that's exactly how I wanted to write. I wanted to tell stories. I wanted to, to create you know, worlds or paint pictures with words the way, the way he did. And, uh, and then I picked up a guitar and then two years later I, I grabbed a, a rack and, and put a harmonica in it and uh, haven't looked back since yes. <laughs> still play harmonica in the band today too. So, yeah. um, but that's just, that's just crazy how like those are very similar, I think, as far as like, you know, Oh, you start on an instrument. Then you decide you want to perform, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I remember this as an anecdote too. I, I could trace the lineage of my musical heritage like all up till today, probably even to some degree I'm still discovering it. But uh, we're uh, very introspective when it comes to our music. Oh, like yeah. we love talking about it's this. It's the so. soundtrack to our lives. Yeah. This may be very long winded. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to cut it off, but uh, you know, everybody meets that guy in college and that guy in college was a, was named Brad for me. <laughs> and so uh, um, you know, but yeah. So prior to meeting Brad in college, Brad who introduced me to, uh, who took me over to his house, and I'm apologizing for not that I'm condoning pirating necessarily, but 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 gave me uh, told me to come over to his house and bring a flash drive, and he just had this just this smorgasbord of of this weird indie music I'd never heard before until that point. I was about I would have been about 19 or 20 at that, and uh, it was like. Clan of Zymox and 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 uh, Jesus and Mary Chain and um, the first time I ever heard Depeche Mode, the first time mm. I ever really legitimately listened to the Clash was um, was through <coughs> records that he gave me. Man, the anecdote prior to that is I can remember being I was a projectionist at a movie theater when I was a teenager, and this was a long twelve 
screen movie theater with a long concrete hallway. It looked like a factory and uh, projectors running all the same time. Very noisy. So I would listen to music while I would sweep the place and 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 uh, thread the 35 millimeter prints and all that jazz and be up there all by myself as a teenager while the lobby is completely slammed to people on a movie's opening night. I'd be up there all by myself and I would listen to uh, this this MP this MP3 player it wasn't an iPod it was just an MP3 player that had one gig on it so I could I only could fit so many albums on it. instead I had folders and I would listen to I had this folder of U2 mm. and and it was there wasn't a single like complete U2 record on there it was just it had Pride in the Name of Love it had um, Sunday Bloody Sunday. Uh, it had the hits, it yeah, had, you know, yeah. uh, or with or without you, and like, it was basically their greatest hits. Yeah, Bullet the Blue Sky and yeah. all that jazz, you know. Um, I had heard it's not like I'd never heard U two before, but at, but just hearing the guitar sounds that Edge was making on that, I, I it made me realize that music, that guitar at least, wasn't just power chords. Yeah, and it wasn't just distortion. It would you could do so 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 many things with guitar as a musical instrument, and make these just incredible sounds with it and um so that that made me want to pick up electric guitar again because at that point i've been playing acoustic <laughs> yeah and now it was like that it was like it was complete for me now i i realized i could be a songwriter and also be a guitarist at that point i was like all right i need a band yeah right, i'm I, i'm not gonna be a singer songwriter i need a band yeah damn it so for sure so there you go well you guys <laughs> certainly have some uh some influences that have aged very well, I think, because <laughs> I, th- I think about the time I got into drums, my my favorite band ever was Motley Crue. Nice. Still, still one of my favorite bands, probably. <laughs> but yeah, I was huge into hair metal. Um, I w- I loved classic rock music for the longest time. You know, I I didn't remember till now, but I think there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of movies at the time that really like glamorized that whole rockiest lifestyle no, and ma- made me want to mm-hmm. play drums so I was thinking like School of Rock yeah. and I saw yeah. like Almost Famous and oh. stuff like that <laughs> oh wow yeah, yeah. yeah. so like when it came out you saw it? Yeah. no 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 I oh, saw okay. it on like DVD years okay. later yeah. but, like, I was say like geez I was like nine when that came but, yeah, out after I, yeah after I got a glimpse of that whole like rock star lifestyle I think like my dream was to drop out of high school and play drums in a band for the rest yeah. of my life <laughs> nice and I, I failed miserably at that dream and I, I'm so sorry right I let everybody it. down god I can keep I can keep going with that because like yeah. f- for me it wasn't it wasn't so much like those uh like those like fictional movies mm-hmm. but it was the documentaries i saw one of my favorite movies growing up was uh the who the kids are all right mm-hmm. and yeah. it's a documentary just about their early days and stuff it up and basically up until keith moon's death and oh my god just all the backstage stuff and they show the clip of them uh where the where they you know where keith like puts dynamite in the in the drum kit and explodes it yeah. on live television yeah. you know and it bar- it like bust Pete's eardrum and stuff and just and just all that kind of just crazy nonsense and just and you know that like there's the story the story is in there uh, of how like a crazy party Keith Moon probably on tons of drugs and alcohol uh, drove a car into a pool yeah and you know that's just and that's exactly it it's like that crazy rock star lifestyle yeah. and you're like oh my god how cool would that be yeah. you know I think I sobered up when I started listening yeah. to Dylan a lot more yeah, and, you know because yeah. then I'm like well let's maybe make, be a little bit more intellectual about this but I totally get that that yeah. was really cool yeah, yeah. I, I can I, see the fantasy my last comment on that on the movie thing is that I can recall my uh Girlfriend at the time, fiance now. Um, Congratulations! I rushed through that sentence, so I'm like, <laughs> like, like girlfriend at the time, but now we've upgraded um, <laughs> to fiance level. Um, so, I- Emily, um, Emily, let me borrow this copy of the White Stripes under Blackpool Lights uh, DVD. It's a, and it's just a concert film. It's not a documentary. Um, the whole thing is just the show, like a very very brief intro of the white stripes walking down the street in London or something. But I mean, it's just the show. Yeah. It's, it's not, no, no interviews, no backstage clips, just the, just them playing on stage in front of a crowd. And it's, it, it's, it might be my favorite concert film because, and it's, and it's the white stripes. So there's two people on stage, yeah. you know, guitar and drums for the great majority of the song or great, great majority of the show. And it was just, it was mind blowing to me that, um, that, that music could be that they could just yeah. strip away all your preconceptions as to what a rock band is and just have two people who may or may not be brother and sister <laughs> or, or divorced couple or whatever. Whatever, yeah. Whatever, um, whatever legend they were going with at the time. Just put on a, just put on a show 
with that little instrumentation and just blow my mind with it. Yeah. And Tear the house down. Now I'm going to go home and listen. I'm going to go home and listen. I know, right? We're <laughs> so. all, I think we're all going to do that now. We're all yeah. just going to enjoy our favorite uh, music movies or whatever. Although we're 20 minutes hey, in. Guys, guess what? That was just the first half of that question. All right. Because what motivates you to stay the course, you know? Because um, I mean, we talked yeah. about what 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 start what kick started that influence, but it, it mm. you know it can die on its own. So you got it. You yeah. got to keep it going. And I'll tell you this for me, um, I'm lucky enough to be married to an incredible woman who uh, who fully endorses and supports um, my passion for music. And so much so that we don't have a dining room in our house because it's it's been converted into our band's our band practice space. Yeah. Um, I'm, and, I, and I love her, uh, Asia. Hi. Uh, I, I love her so much, but uh, and, and a lot of that is because she was so willing to just say, "I know this is your dream, and I know it's something you want to do, and I'm never gonna, you know, I love you too much to 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 take that away from you or to try and convince you otherwise." So I may I may have a full time job right now, and it's a job I really enjoy. But at the same time, you know, I've even told them at work, hey, look, guys, if I'm start, if I'm, you know, gonna, about to go on tour, I don't think I'm going to be around the office very much longer. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and uh, and and the fact that I that I have someone like Asia re- supporting me like that is just incredible. Um, plus, now uh, we're gonna have a <clears throat> we're gonna have a little boy running around this house. Um, my f- mm-hmm. my first son will be born in De- uh, either late November, early December. Um, and so that's obviously going to be a big motivating factor for me to really make it happen. Um, we were just talking about this the other night, you know, she asked, uh, Asia and I were in bed and she asked, how, how are you going to make this work? You know, can I mean, can you? And, and I said, it's not going to be easy, but if it was easy, everyone would do it. Right. And that the old adage. So, I mean, the, the thing is I want to make this work and I'm not going to give up on that. And, um, I've had far too many people tell me not to. Uh, you know because there's there's a point where if you're uh if you keep going and no one is no one is saying oh yeah yeah you should keep going then maybe you should stop you know maybe there's maybe there's enough people out in this world that that you should finally convince you that okay this isn't for me but no i've 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 seen those people that that tell you man that song really really hit home for me or oh my god i love that or every time i hear that line i tear up a little bit and that and that kind of thing the 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 way that you know songs and and words and music can just can change people in a, at least in an instant um, is something that is always going to be special for me and so between an incredible wife who supports me 100% um, you know, my, my first child on the way that I'm going to love unconditionally and, and maybe convince him not to go down the same path as me or maybe mm-hmm. do so. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, and, and just, the, just the fact that, you know, you, people really do respond and when they respond well, it's, it's a feeling unlike anything else. You hear that AJ? He's talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> No, Asia's awesome. We're in we're in her house. We're, we we're in her house. Yeah, her house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm married, but it's but it's my wife's house. Of course, yeah, I think right. that we've made that joke before. Uh, we were uh, we were just having dinner here <laughs> one night, and uh, and then at one point we're talking about when to next have practice, and Mike looks over and Asia says, "Hey, you know, you think Tuesday will be all right for practice?" And then uh, I respond and say, "Well, yeah, sure. I mean." You know whose house do you think we we we're in? And then ev- everyone looks at looks at, at Asia and says, "Oh, it's Asia's house." <laughs> yeah. yeah, lest we forget. Yeah. Uh, as far as what what motivates me to stay the course, um, I, I I I just I enjoy the process of creating things, and so and so to me, like um, if you imagine for those listening who are musicians, when you get that piece of gear. That, that new piece of gear, whether it's a pedal, whether it's a new amplifier, whether it's a new guitar, um, you just think about, God, what could I do with this thing? You know, what, how is, like, how is this going to, to change my musical expression? Um, how, what kind of possibilities do I have with this? Mm-hmm. If it's a new instrument or something like that. <laughs> to me, a new song is is just like that and having a new song is having a new piece of gear you have something that what you didn't have before um, something that didn't exist before and there's all these things you can do with it you can make it abrasive you can make it um, intimate you can make it 
loud here and softer here or vice versa. Mm -hmm. You can uh, extend the outro, <laughs> cut out the outro. You know, you can put a jam session in the middle of it. You could do the whole song a cappella. But there's so, so many things you could do with the song. And um, having new songs to work with is like having uh, a new guitar to play with or yeah. a new pedal to mess around with. But it's, it's one that you imagined, you yeah. know? Like, it's out of your head. It's not mm -hmm. something that you buy at a store and have to and are confined to its restrictions, you know? And it's like, something that I created. Exactly. And it's free. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a lot cheaper. Free is important. So, yeah. Yeah. Jansen, what motivates you to stay in this band and not join, like, a Motley Crue cover band? <laughs> <laughs> and probably make more money. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I think if I found a Motley Crue cover band and made more money, then I'd, I'd be jumping ship. <laughs> See you guys. Hey, I'd, I'd tease my hair for that. It, yeah, right? It's fair. I can't I can't complain, you yeah. know? Do, you do no, you. I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I have any, like, particular passion for playing drums or anything. It's just, it's it's very suitable to where my life is right now. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, music on a deeper level, I think, it will always be part of my life as long as I am capable of hearing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, for sure. That's an important caveat. You know, I'll, I plan on playing drums as long as I can, but if not that, then... Yeah. be involved some other way you know recording yeah producing we'll see and that's what i said too like i mean mm -hmm. we all have we all went to mtsu and mike and i have uh degrees in the recording industry program there and what's your degree in is my degree is in global studies global studies fun so international so same yeah exactly same international music yeah yeah close same, enough same thing i think music's a great <laughs> way to learn about other cultures and people and yourself as well absolutely oh, yeah absolutely Definitely. yeah because because like for me like that was one thing i always said too if if I, I want to I want to perform. I want to be a musician. I want to be in a band. You know, I want to I want to have that. I want to I want to do that. But anything short of that, better be involved in the music industry. You know, somehow, some way. And I'm thankful enough that I can say I'm doing that now. But uh, you know, so that so it's 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 almost like if if this is if this is all it is, cool. Yeah. Because you know, I'm I'm still working in the industry. I'm making a difference, and and uh, and I'm doing what I love, and being involved in what I love. You know, every day it's a kind of a new excitement, a new exciting thing for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I do love that part of it. I really appreciate your guys' um, passion for music and the level of introspection you have about your uh, the way you consume and then produce and create music yourselves. Very cool stuff. So moving on, let's let's get to your music. And this new release, how is it different than things you guys have released in the past? And were you trying to accomplish anything specific, whether that's creatively or otherwise? Well, Mike, take this one. This uh, so one thing about about us is that uh, we're one of those unique groups that has two songwriters and two lead singers. Um, I sing a few songs, Mike sings a few songs, and we kind of trade off depending. Um, we're we're uh, less Lennon and McCartney and more Patterson Hood and uh, Mike Cooley of Drive-By Truckers, if you know them, where I pretty much write my songs exclusively. Mike pretty much writes his songs exclusively. And it's a work. It's a good working arrangement. You know, We, we like how it goes, and we, uh, we know the type of songs we want for the band. Um, and this one is one of Mike's, so um, he's he's got that deep voice on yeah. there. Um, so, Mike, yeah, what uh, what's what uh, about this? Did we set out to accomplish, and how, how's this different from what else? What's out there for us already? Uh, well, so to give a little bit of background, we uh, we recorded an EP in 2014 with a different lineup. Um, we had um, uh, we had our friend Alex on bass, and we had uh, Josh Qualls on drums. We were a four piece in 2014. We um, and we we uh, we got the opportunity to record uh, with uh, a friend of ours, uh, Tyler Spratt, who was in a master's program at MTSU. So essentially, we got to record REP for free uh, at our alma mater school. Yeah. In in a recording studio there on campus, as like part of his assignment. Yeah, state of the art studio. I yeah, mean, totally. The yeah. The the best kind of accommodations you could ask for, especially for a band that's recording their first ever right. like professional recording. So that was that was really incredible. Yeah, so we got a really good a really good deal. And Tyler did a wonderful job and went out of his way and and did overdubs and, and mixed it and, and 
uh, mastered it and and did a really good job with that recording and we will uh, most likely work with him again in the future in some capacity um, with all that being said there's you know some years have gone by since that recording yeah um, and um, I think at that point this was you know 2014 that was actually the year that we formed so we were still kind of yeah we we're still finding our legs yeah we were we we're yeah. still kind of feeling out what kind of band we wanted to be and um, and it's so it's hard to kind of pin down a sound that you yeah. really want when you don't even know of you don't even know the kind of band you are yet. Yeah. So. And so for our first ever recording too, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't you know change anything. And, and I think the recording of Marianne in particular is 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 excellent. But we all agreed going into this <laughs> that it um, we wanted something that that captured this three piece lineup we have now. Um, you know uh, and. There's, there's never, by the way, just for the sake of clarity, so this goes on the record, <laughs> there's no animosity whatsoever with any former member of this band. Um, no, they, they're all doing way better than, than we are now. They're all doing fine. <laughs> they're all doing totally fine. If anything, we envy them. Well, yeah, um, exactly. But, uh, but no, no, they, they had other opportunities, and if I had those opportunities, I would have I would. I, yeah, exactly. So, I'd, I'd be out of the band, too. No, but um, yeah, so, so we have a three-piece lineup now. We have... Um, um, yeah, we have a different sound. We're we're certainly a bit closer to uh, noisy indie rock or whatever the hell that means. Yeah. Um, but we're 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 grittier, and so with this record, we wanted to sound more live. We wanted to have fewer overdubs. We wanted to record in um, in an, another fully analog environment. So we recorded this at the bomb shelter. The song is called Demolition Blues. And um, we recorded it at the bomb shelter, and uh, and yeah. So I I think that I really think that this track captures our essence as a live band, partially because it was recorded live. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. It was recorded live in the studio with um, a um, uh, there's there's one there's one guitar overdub part that that you can hear. It's kind of in the background, um, but I mean the 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 root of the track. Yeah, the guitar, core. Yeah. The root of the track, guitar, bass, drums, were all tracked live in the studio, no click track or anything, just three of us playing together. Mm-hmm. And I really think it captures that energy um, yeah. in a much more organic and, and natural way, yeah. which is definitely what we were going for. Because so. to me, I, I love that you can hear the joy yeah. of, our, of, our, of our playing in that because we were having a blast. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we, were, we were working hard at it, and, uh, and we knew the song really well we we believe in it and uh, mm-hmm. and you could t- and i think all that is is definitely uh noticeable yeah. when, when you hear the recording oh yeah 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 if you guys even remember how uh how, how much the tempo increased more and more as we as <laughs> that's we got better so at true it, yeah. It more. yeah 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 yeah, because we started out significantly slow. We came in with a tempo yeah. in mind. We're like, okay, we're going to stick here. We're not changing it one bit. And then as we kept going, we're like, no, 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 go faster. Yeah, you yeah. know? And it, it occurs to me now because we had like a much more complicated sort of drum pattern going on and mm-hmm. originally. And we ended up just kind of simplifying it to what you hear on the record now where it's just kind of, hmm. you know, bass snare, bass snare. Yeah. And so... I, which, which is all you, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we basically had to like completely, you know, simplify that while we were in the studio and everything. Yeah, it worked out very well. Yeah, for sure. I, I I definitely I definitely think it did. And and you know what's funny is that take that you hear on the recording was the last take. And and we were we were in the studio. And we had we were doing great on time. And we thought we had a take. We thought that we had one that we were satisfied with, and we were gonna mm-hmm. run with it. And the producer said, uh, "You guys just want to do one more." And we were like, well, "Yeah, yeah, why not? Let's let's just let's do it. Let's why do not? One more. Yeah." And uh, that one more that we did was even faster tempo wise than the previous one and we went back in the control room and said we were like that's the take right there we listened to it the whole way through yeah. and said that's the one we want to work with and yeah. um and uh so the the the, the challenge is keeping that tempo up when we play live because we, <laughs> yeah. we can't drag it you know we gotta play that tempo or even a more up tempo yeah which i don't know it may maybe it's because i'm the bass player but that 
I'm fine with that. I can do yeah. it. <laughs> I'm, like I, I just love playing that song live. It's got it's got an incredible energy, mm-hmm. and uh, especially you know when when the crowd's in into it too, and they're all shouting the refrain. You know, it's a condo now, which yeah. I sing among my coworkers. And they're like, oh hey, cool. What's what song is that? And I tell them it's my song. You know, <laughs> it's, or it's my band's song. Yeah. So uh, you know that's 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 a lot of fun. Um, but yeah. I, yeah. Recording in in uh, the bomb shelter was was really cool, um, oh, yeah. and uh, getting to just feel the room there, you know, and mm-hmm. and you can hear it on the on the on the track, and we love that about it. So, do you guys face any challenges as independent musicians in this oversaturated, technology-driven digital era? And how does technology help? Since we all know it actually does help. Well, I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> no. We'll go right ahead, Mike. No, you go ahead. No, yes. me? Okay. Um, no, I, I mean, I sincerely believe, if nothing else, that um, the digital age for music is uh, is uh, a, a net positive all around. Like, obviously, there are bad things to it. You know, we could go on. But for me, I'm just going to give you this story as an example. Uh, the only way, the only we've played uh, Springwater Supper Club, you know, local favorite dive here in Nashville. Uh, we've played that place probably more times than I can count at this point. Uh, it's just a great venue. The guys are the guys are real chill there. Um, they're good dudes, and you know we can come in um, almost sometimes even at the drop of a hat and just and just come in and play, you know. Um, and it's a and it's a pretty friendly environment, you know. But uh, we never would have open that opportunity or open that door of opportunity without uh, the site that we use called Indie on the Move, which is, you know, a kind of a, like so many of them out there, it's like a social media type site to connect venues and artists uh, with other venues and artists. So, you know, basically we go through and we look at for, we look for gigs on the site and um, see who's who's playing in the area and what kind of band they're looking for. And so at one point we see Springwater, and uh, and they say, yeah, just it, it, we have these open dates from you know, it was like from April through June. We have so many open dates. If you want some, you know, bring it and then uh, just just reply and first come first serve. You're on the bill. Cool. And we're like, awesome. This is a good chance for us to play a local venue. We've never been here before. You know, get out, get some exposure, get some get some uh, uh, playing under under our fingertips. And then uh, we get there, and this is actually uh, before Jansen even joins the group. Um, Mike and I ha- had a uh, had a kind of a uh, split from uh, another drummer just out of nowhere, and so it's just the two of us playing. This may actually be earlier than that, but I'm still going to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Mike and I are playing as a two piece out there. Um, so not not necessarily the best environment for us because we don't have drums, but we make it work and we have our show. And we're the uh, were we last? Yeah. Or were we second yeah, to last? We were last. We were last. We were okay. Last. So we're sitting there waiting for the other bands to play through, and you know that's all cool, and they're, they're, a lot of them are pretty good. And then we hear this one band that uh, that gets on stage, and they're the band that's right before us. We're the last ones to play that night. It's real late, and they get up on stage, and we're looking at them and we're going, okay, these these guys look like they might be able to bring something. They're uh, they're another three piece, um, and uh, and I swear it was just me and you and maybe like three other people in the in the whole room, right? Mm-hmm. And there's nobody here. And uh, and they say hi. We're the Dangerous Method, mm. and they break into their first song uh, from that set, uh, which I still remember because um, uh, Joe, the lead singer, had this great intro to it uh, that really caught me, made me curious about it. And then and then they broke into it. And the name of the song is Nicholas Cage, which yeah. you can actually find out there if you want to look for it. It's fantastic. I I wholly endorse it. Mm. Um, the reason I'm telling you all this is because. Um, we really dug their sound, and and regardless, you know, if you find a band that you really like, you want to go up and at least say hi and shake their hand and say, "Hey, great set." So we do that in the midst of uh, setting up, and then we play our set with just me and Mike, you know, to the best of our abilities. And uh, I think it, by the I think by the end, the only people left in the in the crowd were my dad and the dangerous method right they had stayed there throughout throughout our whole set staying super late at night uh to hear us to hear us play because because you know they noticed we were we were really digging them mm-hmm. um and to this day they're our absolute number one best friends in in the in the music business here or right. in, the, in the industry here in nashville mm-hmm. um and that's been god that was like almost two years now right it's been a while coming up on it. um and so you know 
if anyone, it, people can throw out criticisms for the digital age all they want, and a lot of them are valid. But for me, um, I have Springwater Supper Club and Indie on the Move specifically to thank for some of the best friends that I have in this in in this business and in this city. Um, and so for that, I'll n- you'll never hear me say that the dig- that the digital age or uh, technology is. A pure hindrance because uh, it's definitely helped in that regard and we love those guys we've played shows with them tons of shows with them ever since um, and I'm and I'm thankful for that yeah so. it's, it's definitely great for connecting with other musicians and connecting with uh, fans I mean what what the internet has really done and what the age of social media has really done is it's removed to me all speaking for myself in my own opinion it's removed the conventional gate gatekeepers you know the, yeah. the old guard of the the music business because it used to be that just for people to even hear about you so not even hear your music but hear hear that you exist um this necessitated getting a uh you know uh a feature in a magazine or just going around town and physically putting up flyers anywhere that you possibly could just so people know that your band is a thing. Yeah. Um, it used to also be that if you wanted people to hear your music, people that you'd never met, people that, you know, save for standing on the side of the street corner or handing a stranger a copy of your CD that, that you know, a CD that you paid to, to create. Yeah. Um, it used to be that the record labels had the means and the connections and the infrastructure necessary to deliver your product, that is to say your music, in the in the tangible medium of a CD or a, a, a vinyl re- record, you know, an LP, to the FYE store or the Tower Records mm. where they could sell it. Well, nowadays... Everyone is a record label, if they want to be. They yeah. can be. A- anybody can put out their own music. Anybody can record themselves. Anybody can put it online. And anybody can promote it. And these people who used to work for record labels, PR types, for example, no longer work for record labels. They have since lost their jobs and are now work, work for themselves or work for other small PR companies. And you, if you want to hire them, you can do that. And you don't need to have a record label to do that no. or a record deal to do that. you got to have uh, money. But you don't need. You gotta have money, but yeah. you know. But really, the only—if you think about it—what is the purpose of of a, of a record deal, really? Well, it's the idea is to build a bigger fan base. Yeah, to help so, you to help you make your record and to help you be because I mean be successful. Well, to help yeah to help you make your record, but really, like at the end of the day, it's about fans. How many people want to hear your music? Yeah. How many people are out there? that are interested in hearing the sounds you are creating. Yeah. And a record deal, record label, um, used to have a lot of pull to be able to do that. Nowadays, record labels expect you to have a fan base already before they'll even consider working with you. So by that time, bands have a lot of negotiating power. They say, well, you know, Interscope Records might come to an artist like Macklemore and and say we want to we want to sign you like we really love what you're doing and he could turn around and see the millions of people who already support him and say what do I need you guys for yeah like why do Dude, I'm already doing this on my own why should I give you a cut of my a cut of my you know my profits like, yeah what what do you do for me so I love I, you know I like that end of it you know it's um it's m- the whole concept of making money off of selling records on a tangible medium is basically non-existent anymore and you know we as (laughs) young people we have no illusions about making money off of selling cds we press cds anyway because we sell them at shows but we yeah we have merch but i would argue that cds are our worst selling merch yeah i mean i think we sell t-shirts Better the def, def we definitely sell T-shirts better yeah. than we sell CDs. We sell T-shirts and CDs because you can't download those. Yeah. And, but I mean, like, I do it too because I, I mean, I, I do it too. I go to see a live band, and I want I ask them, "Are you on Spotify?" Yeah. I, I don't even ask you. Do you have CDs? I'm like, you know, I I ask, "Where can I hear your music?" And yeah. you know, and so you know, we have no illusions about making money like that. So it's not as if we were making a great living. 20 years ago and no longer are making a great living, I could see how you would be pretty jaded and bitter if maybe that's that's what happened to you. But in our case... Getting a little shady in here. It's a, it's, a, it's our case. That's not, um, you know, that's that, that means nothing to us. I also like having the Smiths' entire discography on my iPhone. 
Yeah. You know, that I can listen to, whatever. If yeah. I've never really delved into Echo and the Bunny Man, well, guess what? I can do it right now yep. if I want to. If you want, go for so, it. So I like that. I like having that. Yeah, for sure. So. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think it's both a. Um, it, you can see either really optimistically or really pessimistically. For sure. Because uh, I don't know. It's, it's cool that I guess music has been uh, d- democratized in a mm-hmm. sense. That it's uh, easier for people to make music now. Yeah, the, easier for people to distribute it. And yeah, everything. Right. everything. But I don't know. I guess the pessimist, the pessimistic side of me, uh, worries that the sort of uh, I don't know that music sort of um, kind of being killed is like a serious cultural force like as de- a consequence. Like devalued. Of yeah, like devalued. Hi, but, it's, there's yeah, there's there's some, there's some well there's I, some I think we could stuff. sit around and talk about it all day. So yeah, we really could. It short, but. I'll <laughs> I'll sum it up with this one thing that I heard. Uh, I don't I don't know who said it, but I thought it was just so so accurate. Um, the best thing about the modern music industry is that anyone can record and release music. The worst thing about the modern music industry <laughs> yeah. is that anyone exactly. can release right. and exactly. record music. So, um, right. so yeah, and with that. Where's the best place for us to find you guys online so we can keep up with the latest news and discover more of your music? Hey, Mike, I think you just said this. Uh, you know, are you on Spotify? Yeah. So, like, yeah. Of course we are. We are on Spotify. Yeah. You can check out the new single, Demolition Blues, on Spotify. Um, you can also check out our EP that we were talking about earlier. It's available there. Um, check us out on Bandcamp as well because we do have an exclusive uh, live uh, live album, uh, Blind Tigers Live at Cafe Coco, um, mm. on on only available on Bandcamp. And that is just me and Mike. That was during our two piece phase, so yeah. things sound a little different um, than than what a lot of people are worse. used to. Worse. worse, yeah, yeah. Jansen yeah, over no. here saying worse. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I I I, I would have. It would have been cool to have had a had a had a drummer for that show, um, but um, but uh, yeah, the, that project on Bandcamp, that live album, is actually one of my favorite projects that I've been mm-hmm. that I've been a part of um, because yeah, it is good, it's it's very <laughs> it's very intimate. Yeah. There's a you know a good crowd there, and there's there's you know and you and I you and I crafted that set yeah like really hardcore oh yeah I mean there's a lot of times when we go to a show we're like ah what songs are we playing I don't know how about this okay sure no but this one we crafted we put a lot of thought into it yeah we 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 basically spent a whole practice session just saying no 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 no, don't do that song there you know we we, you you'll hear our campy banter and all that other good stuff too oh man if only I had my piano out then we could just do a little bit of that yeah and I think even as the drummer, I mean, like, I think my opinion's really valid here since I'm, like, not playing on any of them. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I've always loved, like, uh, the track Bottom Feeder and, like, mm-hmm. Mile High that you can hear on that and stuff. Oh, yeah. Because we've still struggled to figure out how we put percussion in those because they sound so good on their own. The way it is, mm-hmm. yeah. And right. so those may, may end up being songs that we record that way, and then Jansen will just have, like, mm-hmm. a, a coffee break or something <laughs> yeah. uh, for when we play them live. Um, but no, you, I mean, we, I'm sure a lot of people make these kind of jokes, but you know, when we're on stage and we talk about how you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Spotify and yeah. Bandcamp and SoundCloud and, you know, the list goes on and Mike likes to throw out, you know, his fun ones. Like Friendster. Like Friendster. There you go. Yeah. Um, Christian Mingle. Christian Mingle and Farmers Only. Um, yeah. but, but at the end of the day, that's just how it is. Um, Jonathan. It's the box. It's the box. Jonathan Colton once said that uh, the, the best way to get out there and and to, to have people find you is to put a little piece of you in every corner of the internet. And so I, I feel like that's kind of how we have to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So we're pretty much everywhere you can find it. We're also on Tumblr, which you know is yeah. not really a place known for musicians. But um, if you go to our Tumblr page, uh, then you know search for Blind Tigers on Tumblr, you'll find us. Yeah. Uh, I think even even at the top it says something like Blind Tigers is more than just music, which is true. It's you know? also Ryan Gosling gifs. <laughs> we do not. I, I don't think there's any Ryan Gosling gifs on there, but not not that I'm opposed to that. We may right. we may throw some up there later. Um, well, I, I thought that's what Tumblr was. That's now that's what most yeah. of Tumblr is. But but we but we have fun on there too. Like um, you know we we get sidetracked a lot talking about music. We've done that already here. But uh, Tumblr provides us a way to to do that with our fan base as well, because um, we uh, we do every every couple Fridays we we do what we call our weekend album club, and uh, it's only on Tumblr for you to find it. 
We post about it on Facebook and Twitter, but you have to go to Tumblr to see the full post where one of us will pick uh, an album that we absolutely adore and we just give a couple paragraphs about it and then have, you know, like one of our favorite songs off the album uh, featured there for people to hear. And then that way it kind of gives um, it gives some you know fans some insight into us and our and our tastes and our influences, but also it gives us a chance to really do what we love, which is talk about music or be involved in music um, with with other people. Because then fans can go out listen to that record if they haven't heard it before, and then come back to us and comment and say, "Oh my God, I've never known about PJ Harvey before. This is incredible." Or, "Whoa, I at first I was laughing when I was listening to this British guy, Mike Skinner." Uh, do some hip hop, but then suddenly I started listening to the lyrics and fell in love, you know, and that kind of thing I just absolutely adore. Um, and so Tumblr's a great place for that because you know we we are we're more than just music, and that's a and that's a great place to to really shine in there. Um, so yeah, but but at the same time, you know, we love we love iTunes. We love it if people want to download our stuff, um, you know, legally. And uh, I know on Bandcamp, you know, you can you can kind of we have what a pay a payer preference or however you want to phrase it yeah uh, pay whatever you want for the new for either the ep or the live album or it's like a digital anything tip jar. yeah 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 so um so we have that oh and we do have we actually do have a virtual tip jar too uh we're on venmo which you know that's what all the kids are doing these days mm-hmm. um but it's actually it's actually been pretty convenient for us because if uh people you know might feel a social stigma about walking up and dropping a dollar into a tip jar while we're playing but if they really like our stuff they can uh, search us on venmo uh, blind tigers, all one word, all lowercase, and uh, and then drop us a, a dollar or five in there, and uh, it's actually really convenient. You know, a lot of people have it now, so um, yeah. Again, m- just a little piece of us in every corner of the internet, and uh, and and we're there. Anything else you guys want to add before we sign off? And thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. Don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a fireside chat with President Roosevelt. Ooh, Ooh nice. Oh, great. Now i got to come up with something, guys. Come on. Um, no, I, I, this, uh, this has been a treat. Thanks to uh, Mid-10 Listens Podcast. Uh, thanks to Mid-10Music.com and all the guys there. Uh, this is a lot of fun. And uh, the funny thing is we pretty much just... Uh, put a microphone in front of our in, in front of a conversation that we would have had anyway. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's the I think that's the real joy for us is that this is like a really laid back and kind of nice interview to have uh, for this. So yeah. we really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, um, and uh, hope to hope to hear from you guys soon. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. See ya. Blind Tigers out. Thank you for tuning in to the Mid-10 Listens 5 at 5. If you want to show your support for MiddleTennesseeMusic.com and this podcast, check out our book, Getting Your Music Heard Online, available from our website as well as Amazon in formats Kindle and paperback. You can also show your support by subscribing and rating this podcast on iTunes. Doing so will improve your well-being, increase joy, and bring good karma to you. It might also improve your online marketing skills, your online presence, and help you get your music heard by more people.